let me down You're never gonna let You're never gonna let me down You're never gonna let You're never gonna let me
need to take a moment and just commend those of you who helped yesterday at the New Brighton Fall Festival uh, to extend our heart as a church uh, to the community. Last year was the, the first um, of, its, of its kind, and um, after we were there with a tent, we realized next year, which, is, which was yesterday, let's have multiple tents. Let's have three of them. And, and so you did that. You stepped up and you did that. And God knew what was going on because uh, the festival went from about two blocks to about eight blocks, and it, it just filled... Main Street, New Brighton. And so I, I don't even want to start mentioning names because I'm afraid I'm going to forget somebody, but I appreciated the fact we had a prayer prayer tent and people came for prayer. And uh, we also had a, a kid's tent to face paint and balloons. And then we had our tomahawk toss. We were throwing axes and that was pretty powerful too. So thank God that we had prayer to cover those that didn't know how to throw the tomahawk. So Tremendous, and you know why we why we did this is because we just wanted to bless the community here in New Brighton and let them know there's a church that cares for you, and so you did that with all the grace of Jesus Christ, and I just applaud your applaud your uh, effort there. All right, so. It's been now roughly a week since your pastor and the, and the team is back from South Africa. Now I can actually articulate better since in this last week I've been in a fog. I had somebody tell me the other day, I don't know if this is true, but they said for every time zone you travel, figure in a day of recuperation. So I guess we're like six hours, so that was six days. With me, I'm a slow learner, so I need 12 days, okay? But we're back, and we're better than ever. So I want to give in the next couple weeks, starting today, I want to just give you a couple minutes about uh, the ministry there in South Africa. Uh, If you're unaware of this, we have um, uh, a missionary in South Africa who now is an overseer of 10 churches, but her story started that God put on her heart to be a missionary she went to South Africa, started under a mango tree, and, uh, and today there are 10, 10 churches reaching uh, their region and reaching their valley, and her name's Nancy Hudson. So let me, let me just give you some pictures here. First of all, here's the team that, um, that uh, the, the team, the team, there we are, yeah. All right, and so uh, the woman in the back with the red T-shirt, that's Kathy Bonovich. She was our team leader. Uh, Kathy and Lynn Deltino worked together with all the details about our travel and um, uh, all the details that are needed. I greatly appreciate Kathy's heart towards South Africa, her grace in which she, uh, she serves, and she happens to be uh, Nancy's best friend, so this was kind of nice to have her as our leader as she would, uh, she would lead us as a team and knew what was going on with Nancy's heart, which what to do, and so it fit really, really well, especially when Nancy told us we're leaving at 9 and then told us we're leaving at 8. And uh, Kathy translated that for us. All right, here's uh, um, here's Patsy Eicholtz, and Patsy is an intercessor. She has a pa- she has a passion to pray, so it's, it's always good to have prayer behind you. So uh, she was praying uh, the whole the whole trip, uh, but she also had a chance to share her story uh, to the ladies and to the women, and it, it was incredible how. Her testimony and the work of God's healing power touched those, touched those ladies in South Africa. Uh, Jules Granati, uh, 
with the glasses, uh, he uh, did what he does. He serves. And one particular, he had a chance to minister at one of the churches and, and share uh, uh, his testimony, God's grace working in his life. But then when the convention came, all 10 churches came together. Uh, Jules did what he does best. He served, and he was helping them put together the sound. And uh, we had a service the night before. It was a powerful service. Um, but then we needed to pray for the deaf the next night because people were hurting from the sound. So, so he spent half, half the day working on it and all that. And I, and I, thought, I, I thought how beautiful that is to help those that, that run sound in, in, in South Africa. And then my daughter, Alyssa, uh, she was a part of this trip. And um, uh, uh, she was able to share some songs and bless the people. And she also ministered to the young ladies uh, at the convention. And um, it was a, a very uh, um, incredible time, especially the fact that the women's session ran over. So there she is speaking to the young ladies. They start serving the food in the back of the church, and the pastors are just feeding themselves. So there's kind of like confusion going on. And you know me, I'm like, stop it. Something's going on over. And I looked, and these young ladies were glued to what Alyssa was sharing. So you knew the, the anointing was just, the Holy Spirit was working there, and she was speaking to them about their value, about their worth. Matter of fact, um, when, I, when I spoke one night, I was, um, and I do this often, I have young people, I, I say, look, look at me, look at me. And, and I was ministering a topic on culture, breaking culture and things like that. Never, never did I know that in South Africa, the culture is you do not look at your elders eye to eye. You keep your head down. I mean, that's pretty oppressive. It might be a form of respect, but there's no relationship in it. We serve a God that deserves our knee bowed, but he's your Abba Father, and he's the lifter of your head. Okay? So, so whenever you're ministering in the love of God, you're going to break culture of worldly things. Do you understand that? All right, so here's my wife, Jill, and she, she did what she did best. She was loving on people and serving, and one of the things that we got to do is um, we got to, uh, to minister to the daytime, uh, to the preschools that, that the churches offer, and so she went in there, ministered to the little ones, but then we had a chance to go to three schools, and two of them were elementary schools, and there, and there were about 800 to, one school had 1,000 kids, all lined up outside and we had 10 to 15 minutes at the most to do our thing and uh, my wife Jill just had them and they all participated in songs talking about how wonderfully made they were and giving praise to the Lord I was so I was so blessed by that and I'll show you some pictures next week on on those three schools but I was also grieved that that um, that uh, we don't have that freedom here in America to go into the public school and do that. We don't. What happened? But guess what our students in the public school get to do? They get to be the light. You can never stop the work of the Lord. All right? All right. So and then there am I, yours truly, and I had the opportunity to uh, minister in one of the con uh, convention services. But I also had a chance to speak to the pastors and to pour into the men. And we had a tent that was filled with men, and basically, let's go has gone international, okay? Um, being there 20 years ago, and now the ministry has grown. It started with 
with grandmothers and little children. Today it has men, an abundance of young people, teenagers and young adults, and um, multi-generations. And now they need discipled, and they're entering into that. Matter of fact, I believe in a couple weeks, they will go through 365, um, living in freedom every day. Can you say amen to that? All right. So another picture for you is uh, I had the the honor to uh, ordain three of the pastors, and you can see there are other pastors around them. These are men that just love God and and, and are expecting uh, great things in this next, next season. That was a wonderful, wonderful service that we had. The next is, um, I believe, the video. <laughs> Pastor Nancy was being honored for 30 years, and then they broke out in a song that was just saying, bless the Lord, we thank you, Lord, praise the Lord. And that's Pastor Philip in the yellow jacket or the NFL Hall of Fame jacket. That was a very touching moment because uh, the people were just showing their appreciation uh, to Pastor Nancy and, and the work that. that God has done through her. One more picture up here, and this is going to position the talk. The, the area that the church sits in is called uh, Limpopo region. And, um, and if you look at it, you can see it's a, it's, a, it's a large valley, and you see the mountains around it. It's beautiful country. It's beautiful country with beautiful people, wonderful people. And God's message is going throughout that region. I want to use that to to just uh, make a segue into what's on my heart for us this morning. You know, I look at South Africa and I see that the ministry has evolved into impacting their community and and their region. Starting today and the next several weeks, this is where we're going. I want to consider passages in Scripture that uh, have some things in common. And uh, this is what they have in common. First of all, you will find, starting today, each of these passages... They have a valley. There's something regarding a valley. Another thing that these passages have in common is it involves uh, the, the, the God who is of the miraculous. It involves a, a God thing. It involves uh, the miraculous hand of God. Another thing in common with these three weeks we're going to see is the role of those who want the God thing how they participate, how they position themselves, how they even speak on behalf of God. We're gonna, those are all in common, but there's one more thing that's in common with all three of these passages, and it's this. These are the three passages that the Lord gave your pastors, your pastor, your, yours truly here, regarding the next chapter of ministry for us as a church. And he gave it to me, over 10 years ago. There are dates in my, in, my, uh, in my Bible that range from 10 to 15 years ago. These are the passages. These are the uh, chapters. These are the valleys that God was speaking to me what is coming and what to prepare for. 
So today, this series begins, but it, all, but it does this. It, it speaks to the next chapter of ministry in your personal life, as well as the next chapter of ministry for us as a church. Now, for those of you that are visiting here, this is an ideal service for you to be in. Because anything of God is of life. Anything that God does, he gives sight to. There's vision behind it. There's purpose. God does not waste anything he does. He's a God of purpose. Church is about the living Christ manifesting or showing himself in the lives of people like you and I, forming a completeness of who he is. So I need you and you need me. I was just, PJ just told me, and I love that thing. Don't, don't just come to this service and then come back a month from now. You, you matter. You add to what's happening in these kind of settings, okay? And so for, for anyone who's visiting, maybe you're here because you were invited. Maybe you're searching for a church. Every church should carry a vision that causes you to depend on God and profess Jesus Christ. If a, if, a, if a church doesn't have a vision, and this is the vision for the church right here, then it's just a gathering, and it's moving nowhere. But I believe that God has put a mandate on our church, and this church is almost 100 years old, and it goes through incredible stages, and our history of our church is phenomenal. Did you know that this church started from, from a handful of Italian immigrants who came to the States, heard the message of Jesus Christ, accepted him by faith. They were Roman Catholics. So for, for them to walk away from their, their, their uh, belief in Italy was a statement to their families that we're going to follow God, we love you, but we're going to do this. Boy, that's, that's tough. But they not only received the message of salvation, they experienced what I was sharing earlier, uh, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, called the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Now these uneducated Italian immigrants are not only joyful, that's, that's dangerous when you get an Italian who's joyful. That's a miracle, by the way. And, and, so, and, so, and so, you know what? They're walking with this power. They're walking with this power. And you know what the power? That power means ability, God's ability to love. You know what it did? It caused them to go door to door, door to door, and they went to their own. They, they had a heart to reach. House churches started. From their churches started. They impacted their community. This is our heritage. This is our, the legacy that, uh, that we have here. So I want you to see what is the next chapter for you in your personal ministry? Maybe you're already reading it because God has already showed it to you. Maybe you're curious about it. And this message today is helping you to take that step of preparation to participate. Maybe you're just simply clueless that God really would use you and bring you into something bigger than yourself. Today, eyes are being open to what God has. In Jesus' name. So this series called The Valley, uh, This Valley, uh, we're going to start with the Valley of, of, of Ditches. Would you turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 3, 2 Kings chapter 3. And Father, I thank you that there are ears to hear and hearts to receive, eyes to be open, Lord God, 
to know you as the Lord and Savior of our lives, to know your kingdom, to be a part of your kingdom, to be a part of your business in your name. Amen and amen. Let me give you the backstory of the passage that we're going to read. Basically, uh, uh, God's people, his, his kingdom is, is split in two, Israel and Judah. So there's two kings, Joram, Jehoshaphat. And Joram, the king of Israel, well, there was another country that kind of, they had a treaty and all that, but that country walked away from that. So now Joram, is, he's gathered up his army, and he's going after them. And he asked Jehoshaphat to help him. And Jehoshaphat does. So you got two armies still representing the Lord, but they are going after this country. And in many days of, of, of marching, they find themselves in a valley. They have run out of water. They don't know where they're at. So Joram complains. But Jehoshaphat does something that we need to take note of and learn from and apply it to our faith walk. In verse 11, here it is. But Jehoshaphat asked, Is there no prophet of the Lord here through whom we may inquire of the Lord? An officer of the king of Israel answered, Elisha, son of Shaphat, is here. He used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. That means that he basically was mentored by Elijah. We call it Irev here at Christian Assembly. Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat And the king of Edom went down to him. Now, jump to verse 16. And I just want to let you know, some versions omit this phrase, make this valley full of ditches. Instead, they replace it with, uh, this valley will be with pools of water. But uh, trust me, the original has this, make this valley. And the reason why I'm pointing that out is, these versions that omit that, they omit our role of participating with a God thing. Not every miracle needs our participation. There's some miracles that God did that didn't need participation. But the ones that do give us the opportunity to look at how did they participate? How did they position their hearts of faith? How did they, how did they engage their hands to do with what God has already done? Not to manipulate it, but to be a part of it. So this is, that time, this is that kind of miracle, to participate. Verse 16, and he said, this is what the Lord says. Make this valley full of ditches. For this is what the Lord says. He said it again. You will see neither wind nor rain, yet this valley will be filled with water, and you, your cattle, and your other animals will drink. This is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. He will also deliver Moab over to you. Everybody look up here. Let me just give you just a a, a couple nuggets from what we just read. This is what the Lord says, make this valley full of ditches. He wants he wants us to participate in something that he has already he has already planned. Uh, but he says you'll neither see wind or rain. So God is going to do something that isn't going to come by way of the natural. You see, he's still God today. God provides for his kids still that same way. And many times when we lose hope and when we are being uh, uh, wavering in our faith, or maybe we just established a walk where we'll reason or just go by what we see, we lose this aspect of the God factor. And we look to see, well, is it raining? Then water's going to come. But what if there's no rain coming? What if the clouds aren't there? When God says something, he's going to do it. 
And God's walking with God is saying, I'm, I'd rather trust God's report than trust what my eyes see. See, that's the adventure of living for Jesus Christ. And so when you see, so if I go by my eyes and I, this past week, and man, I just am just so addicted to stuff. I'm just keep, I keep, but wait a minute. I see through scripture what my God says, that I'm whole, that I'm healed. He says that I see, I can, I can see that I, I, can, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want that kind of strength. I want that kind of life. And so your, your eyes are fixed on the author and perfecter of your faith. Come on, do you hear this? And then you start recognizing if you're a part of people who sincerely want to support you, but what you're sincerely doing isn't sincerely healthy because you're re-emphasizing your failure. You're re-emphasizing your, your, your condition, and there's no speaking. I'm getting ahead of myself because this is next week, but there's no releasing of who God says you are and what you see in God. Did you follow that? because I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> and he says this. He says, this valley is going to be filled with water. The, the, the ditch is going to be filled. And, and it's provision for them, for their cattle. And then he says this. Oh, by the way, your enemy, I'll take care of him as well. He's a complete, he's a complete God. He doesn't lack. God doesn't need faith in something else. Because He's complete. We need faith in him because we're not complete without him. That's the difference between the creator and the creation. And if you live with that, you'll be healthy. That you are the creation and you get to count on the creator. And the more we read and learn and see in scripture that this creator is personal. He's a God, a good God, a God who loves you, a God who is for you and not against you, a God who has demonstrated the full extent of his love by not asking you to go to the cross. He went to the cross for you and I. Can you say amen to that message? All right, so let me, let me remind you, this past June... I spoke on this passage. It was what I call a standalone message. Standalone message means they stand alone. There's no series. And I spoke this, and, and as I shared this, my closing statement, because I, I just copied and pasted from my notes, because I wanted you to remember this. I said, I am asking you to join with me, and let's make this valley full of ditches. Okay, one message, Pastor. But watch this. I said, there will be things in the next several months on what that looks like. And so here we are. But I said this to you, prepare yourselves by, build yourselves up in faith, embracing the Isaiah 54-2 theme that we started back in January, about allowing your tent to be stretched, your personal faith to be uh, stretched, your, your, your thinking of church to be stretched, and your view of being a part of God's kingdom to just be stretched and strengthen the cords that sustain truth and um, sink those stakes strong in Scripture. I asked you to do that in June. And so my question is, is this, how are you doing with that? Matter of fact, how you been, not just since June, but how you been through this year as we've been emphasizing build. Build yourself up in the most holy faith. Build yourself together as a church and build yourself up in the kingdom. How you doing with that? 
How, how you how you forget progressing in that? Uh, because because the ones who grow in the Lord, they live with an expectation. They live with an expectation. All right, one of the songs I'm bringing back to you from South Africa typifies expectation. You know, and the Bible tells about tells about us in the future in New Jerusalem, and and we're gonna we're gonna have. There's so much. Glory reserved for us even in the future, right? So Pastor Emmanuel, he, le- he led this song. He's got a raspy voice, okay? And, and the song just simply went, uh, um, well, basically, it, it said, On your mark, get set. Are you ready for Jerusalem? And talking about the future, right? On your mark, get set. Are you ready for Jerusalem? Are you ready? Are you ready for Jerusalem? Are you ready? Are you ready for Jerusalem? And then the dancers came by generations. First of all, the grandmothers came. And I remembered some of them 20 years ago. They're older, but they still have their dance. And they come in there, and they're coming from the back of the church. And they're like marching. And they come in there just, are you ready? Are you ready for Jerusalem? And the young people, they come up, and they've got their dancing going on, right? And I'm looking at them, and, oh, there's so much zeal. Wait till wisdom comes with that zeal and just refines you and makes you even stronger because we're all in that journey now, aren't we? But I thank God for those, for those grandmothers who, who, who was a part of laying the foundation for what God is doing there, right? I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. He's like, yeah, are you ready? So they're singing in the perspective of his faithfulness and know that his faithfulness is true, and one day I'm going to be there with him. Oh, I've got to dance with that. Was another generation is, is singing in the excitement, and they have yet to really touch on the faithfulness, but they will as they participate in the Lord. Matter of fact, you know what I love about God's faithfulness? It occurs even when I'm not faithful. Are you ready? Are you ready for the next chapter of ministry in your life? Are you ready for the next chapter of ministry in your home, for your children, for your marriage? Are you ready for the next chapter? Glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to God. This is when I need some hankies waving. Glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. You don't stop. You don't stop. I got a towel back there waving. Look at that towel. Can I move through this quickly? Because I haven't even got to this. All right. So I believe we are in a valley. The Beaver Valley. I believe we are touching a region that God has indeed, he's sending living water. It was 15 years ago, and some of those dated 10 years ago where there were prophetic 
thoughts and dreams coming from people and was writing them down. And who was seeing water springing out from certain churches? Who saw streams, rivers flowing into this valley? Ah, please, please realize this. The tendency is for us to look and say, yeah, we got the fracking plant. Now things are going to happen. But the goodness of God, the goodness of God has been on this valley before that. And it's going to continue And we get to tell people, this is part of God's goodness to you. But there's more than just having a job out hand. There's more. There's more. There's there's more. And how do we prepare? And I believe that we are already in this. But I believe this is a message to be very intentional, to bring us all in the awareness. How do we prepare to be ready to participate with the God thing for this valley. Participating in what God has planned, this passage tells us this. First of all, it begins with valuing the Lord's voice. It begins with that you place a tremendous value on the voice of the Lord. Remember I mentioned to you that there are two kings representing the Lord, Joram and Jehoshaphat. Joram is a type of type of person, a type of king where I'll reach into God when it benefits my agenda. But Joram was evil in the sight of in the eyes of the Lord because he led according to what he wanted, according to what he was pursuing, and not first of all what God wanted. So he was not honorable to God. Yet Yet he partners with Jehoshaphat, who is honorable to God. And the passage that I didn't read to you is that when the word of the Lord came, Elisha said to Joram, look, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't even be speaking to you. But because of him. You see, the Lord will honor those who honor him. He will honor those. You want to hear a voice from the Lord? I mean, you want to hear a word from the Lord? You honor his voice. You honor. You set in your heart now. When the Lord speaks, I'm going to not only listen, and this is how I do it, and, it, and it's so liberating. God, I need your help to not only listen, to obey, but I want you to know I'm purposing my heart to obey. So you have God's help to help you obey if you dare to surrender and agree by faith. That's how you build up yourself in faith. So there are Jorms and there are Jehoshaphats. Do you realize this? There are Jorms and Jehoshaphats in churches. I'm not talking about visitors who don't know the Lord. I'm talking about believers. There are Jorms and there are Jehoshaphats. Now, if anybody's here with the name Jorm, forgive me, okay? Blame it on your mom and dad, all right? No, no. But, but, but there, is, there is that. There is the gathering of faith that we use as a title. But really, is it, is it truly a gathering of faith when you have Jorms? who are led more by their selfish desires. There are things that they, they want to control and they want to see. And if that's you this morning, guess what you get to do? You get to repent. You get to repent. You get to say, wow, I didn't know that. Or, wow, I saw that, but now I really see that. That's not honorable to God, and that's not healthy. I repent. Lord, I'm turning to you, and I'm turning to the way you think. Okay? That's, that's, that's how you go from being a Joram to a Jehoshaphat. How do we honor and value the Lord's voice? Well, first of all, we make it priority. 
We make it priority. There's a young man that God has been moving in his heart. I'm seeing it. He has awakened to a personal relationship with God. And so I've been communicating with him. And, and he's starting to read some stuff. And it's, I love how he is seeing things through his personal devotion. Here's the other thing uh, regarding us as a church. You value the word of the Lord. From this pulpit, collectively, is not just teaching for your personal life, but vision and direction for us corporately. What I love about this past season is it seems that no matter who is bringing the word, whoever I've asked to teach, that there is such a unity in the message that it either complements, supplements where God, what God is doing in us. He is maturing us so that we show forth more of Christ and we are more and more aware of his kingdom as we minister properly to each other, the church. That's what church is. It's relational and it's kingdom-minded. And this is what is happening to us who are pressing in. God is maturing us. He's helping us and fine-tuning us and helping us to see that there is more. Now, let me just point this out to you, okay? We have, in the course of this past month, I think the latest number was 714, 15 that crossed the threshold of, of New Brighton Christian Assembly in one month. That means if you were here 10 times or if you were here once. You just counted one time, right? So that shows us the volume of ministry coming in. It's interesting that the, the weekly attendance in the most prime time of the year has, 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 been, has been really... Uh, low for some reason. You're talking at times that we have had uh, barely 300 and then one week it'll fluctuate to 410. This house is filled, praise the Lord. That's why that word was, don't just come today. I get it and I understand that there are those of you that work on Sundays and there's a shift. I understand that. And there are other things that go on from time to time. But I'm painting the picture that when I grew up, faithfulness was measured as being in church twice a week. Now it's like once every two months. We're missing something there. You need to answer that question for yourself. As a pastor, I'm putting this before you. You're not going to grow and even participate in what God has for you until you value his voice. It doesn't mean you have to get better and cleaned up before you come into to his love. What it means is because of his love, you want to honor him and be a part of a God thing. So we see this happening with, the, with, with this. Look, I will tell you right now, if you find me at the YMCA with, with my headsets, I could be listening to worship. I could be listening to T.D. Jakes. I could be listening to um, Stephen Furtick. I'll listen to Robert Morris. I'll listen to Bill Johnson, okay? But I, I, got, I, I do know this. That's not my church home. This is where my church home is. This is where my family, this is where, this is where my hands are engaged to work with my brothers and sisters. And I love the fact of us hearing the word of God, but if you're speaking more and more about what others are saying and you're clueless about the vision from this pulpit, you're missing it. And we have it set through our, through our website and that you can actually, if you work next Sunday, you can actually by Tuesday get online and hear the word of the Lord for this ministry. And that's your decision to say, I'm engaged. I'm engaged.
kind of like the young man. They told me, Pastor, I was, I was away for business, but I listened to the podcast. Who told him to do that? His wanting to be a part of something bigger than himself. Do you see how, how, that, how that works there? And so here we are with, with, um, um, with this um, beginning with valuing, valuing the voice of the Lord. Be a Jehoshaphat. Value what the Lord says about something. Don't check out on it. If the Lord tells you how to be honorable in your home, do it. He'll honor you in your relationships, in your, in your, in your friendships. Honor God and you watch how he will honor and bless you because he's honoring his name that's being exalted. I got to go quickly on this. Here's the second one. To participate not only involves us valuing his voice, but it continues with faith action. It must continue with faith action. You know, digging ditches when there is no rain is a faith action. Wouldn't you say that? I don't know. I'm sure that if you look hard enough, you've probably done something like that somewhere in your life. Digging ditches when there is no rain. What I love about the word of God is there's always rain. It just isn't natural rain. It's just what God's going to do, and you get a chance to see it by faith. So my brother Gino and I had a vision to, to build two homes. We had property, but we had to develop that property. Today, there are two homes, actually three homes, but we sit at the end of a cul-de-sac in a lovely neighborhood, um, and it is the Italian version of the Walton's Mountain. But in developing these properties, we realized that the water situation ended at the cul-de-sac. In, in order for us to have healthy homes, there needed to be water to come into those homes. So we had to commit to dig a trench to extend the city water into our property. Now, we got a backhoe that brought it in. I can't remember if it was 20, 30, 40 yards. Maybe it was several hundred thousand yards. That sounds better. I don't know what it was. But we had to bring it in. But there came a point where the backhoe hit rock. Now the machine leaves, and it's just my brother and I and a jackhammer. And because of the codes, we had to go down several feet. And so we started jackhammering. Jackhammering. It was not fun, but it was filled with joy for what was set before us, seeing those homes. I don't believe it was fun for Jesus to be on the cross, but for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, despising its shame, and he was exalted. He was honored. He was positioned for our well-being as well. Isn't that beautiful? So we all live with a sense of awareness of vision. Whatever you're going after, and you commit energy, and that, there's a vision driving that behind it. Do you know how much more God wants you to see the full vision of his kingdom and his church and your personal life of ministry? But it'll take a faith action. It'll take that action from you to say, I'm going to trust God, and I might not see the rain but I'm carrying truth in my heart. Let me move to the third one. 
not only involves valuing the voice and continuing in faith action. Here's, here's, this goes hand in hand with these two. It includes a sense of urgency. In verse 20, it says, the next morning the water came. It does not tell us in between there that they actually dug the ditches, but we can have a pretty good guess because they're the only ones in the valley. And those ditches were filled with water. They moved immediately. Now, you might say, well, that was an army pastor. They had marching orders. I'm looking at the army of God. I'm looking at the church of Jesus Christ to march together in your personal homes, in your relationships within this church, with ministry that is life-giving, and with the cause of us impacting this, this valley. There's a picture I want to show you as, as I wrap this up. Can you show the, the last picture of South Africa? We had a chance for a day or two to uh, see Africa, and we went to Kruger Park. And from there, we saw these animals. Can you see this? All right. So right here, this water right in here was, was really um, um, the only water that we found for, for miles and miles. They are experiencing a severe drought, severe drought. And so it was at this site that we stayed there for over an hour, and I felt like Noah and the animals were coming to us. And so we were seeing these animals. Now, I'll talk more about this later because God gave me a, a, a message in a series. You can see impalas in the back. There are giraffes. There were zebras. There were, it's incredible. We, also, we saw two kills. We saw lions kill a, a wildebeest and a, and a calf. I know, I'm sorry. That's not good for a pastor to say. You should hear us in the van, okay? Yeah, the ladies. Yeah, they're lovely. Yeah, right. Yeah. They're going to get them. He's going to get them. Yeah. You know what's amazing is how water, water attracts, water draws. We have living water. Jesus went to, Jesus chose to go through Samaria. And he sat at a well and he ministered the truth of eternal living water to a woman who desperately needed it. He stood in the temple and he cried out, is anyone thirsty? Let him come to me. And drink, and it went on to tell us the water that he was offering that would be in our inner beings would be the work of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit. There's so much that God has planned for us as a church to continue with. I want to ask you to do something. I want to ask you to take this message to heart. And I want to ask you to own it in your personal walk. I want to ask you to value the word of the Lord and whatever that place is for you where it's just you and the Lord that you would value. Lord, I want to hear your voice about the next chapter of ministry in my personal life and the next chapter of ministry for this church. I'm going to share more next week about this. But this is how God works. Anyone asks, they will receive. It was 2008 that we needed to make a decision with, with, uh, with our ministry. 
for, for decades, our ministry experienced Sunday and Wednesday. And the church was filled, and it was incredible. And then for a good 10 years, Wednesday night was just going by the wayside. Now, it could have been a pastor to stood up and just condemn and condemn and condemn and condemn or go to the Lord and say, is, is something shifting that I need to see? You know you can make changes with methods without touching the message? Did you know that? When you don't, then you make the methods your idol. So we went to prayer. How can we reach and teach more people in the culture that we live in? And after months, we came and discovered this system of small groups, and we called them life groups. That people can actually meet in their homes and pray together, receive teaching, invite others. In that first season that we did that, we had 200 people meeting from Monday to Friday in various homes compared to the 30 that was meeting on Wednesday nights. I'm not opposed to changing things like that, but we're not going to do it just to change. It's going to be strategic for the mission that Christ has put on us. Make disciples, teach people, and reach people. The next chapter in your personal life, and for us as a church, will include those two dynamics, teaching and reaching. God wants you to continue to learn more about him, and he wants what he gives you to flow through you to reach more people. Did you see how many people came for prayer today? There are needs in this world. Jesus Christ is the one who meets needs. Can you say amen to this? So this is what I'm going to ask you guys. Can you come and help me very quickly here? I want to do this picture here. I want you to take ownership of your faith and take to heart this message because when you start digging ditches, meaning you're working, you're hearing from the Lord, you're obeying, this is what God does. In doing that, he'll start drawing your attention to other people. And then the clanging, the clanging starts happening because you're actually now fellowshipping not just on your interests and your hobbies. What is this, a hockey game? You're not just doing that with your interests and your hobbies. You know what you're doing? You start talking about kingdom stuff. What kind of ditches are you doing today? What's God telling you to do? What God is showing you? What are you believing for? What are you participating with God for? What are you trusting God for? And to this younger generation, we say to you, follow us as we follow Christ. I've been in the corporate world for a season before I came full-time. Whether it's the corporate world or the quest for education or the quest for adventure, I want to travel the world. Or the quest for, what's the term? Minimizing? Because that's, that's moving now. That's the counter-cultural thing of the generation who wanted everything. Now, I don't need anything. And you know what it's wreaking? You know what it's creating? Irresponsibility. And, and um, it's creating, uh, it's suffocating dreams in you. And, and it's, all, it's all camouflaged as holiness and honoring. It's a religious robe. 
I learned how to honor God in the secular world with the first fruits. I learned how to practice my witness respectfully but powerfully in the, in the office setting. I think it made me a better pastor to have that experience. And today I see that no matter where you are at, marketplace or pulpit, ministry is ministry. Ministry is led by the Spirit with people who value the Lord's voice, understands the faith actions that need to be taken, and carry a sense of urgency. I know I said it in the first, if I didn't say it here, if I did say it here, I'll repeat it. There's a sense of urgency. When I ask for prayer today, I ask you to respond quickly, and you did. Tomorrow, the Lord may prompt you, get out of your cubicle, walk over to somebody else's desk, and take them out to lunch and, and minister to them. Do it quickly. The Lord says in his word to do things quickly because there's an enemy of your soul that will steal the, the, the truth that, it, that wants to be planted in you. Forgiveness. Why do we struggle with forgiveness? Because we don't do it quickly. We don't do it quickly. So do you see how vision for our life has to be personal for it to become into collective? I'm looking at an army here. And some of you don't even know you have a sword to pick up. But you will. But stay the course. Stay the course. Do I expect you here next week? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm expecting it. I'm praying. I'm actually praying. That's why I was walking around praying in tongues. Because there are strongholds that need broken in Jesus' name. But if we dare to trust God, before you know it, we'll not only believe to be a Jehoshaphat, we will be a Jehoshaphat in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me? Would you stand with me before the hockey game breaks out into a fight? Would you lift up your hands in a form of surrender? But it's not a surrender as in, well, let me say it this way. It's an act of faith. I feel this, that there are quite a few of you in this house that are saying, I give up. I'm done trying to do it my way. I'm done being independent of you, Lord. I want, I want your lordship in my life. You make that statement right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Choose Christ in the name of Jesus. Lordship. So now, Holy Spirit, teach me what that looks like starting today. Every thought that I have that, that is not of Christ, Holy Spirit, I count on you to show me it, to pull down that stronghold to rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus. Every lie that is fired towards my heart against my brother or against my sister or even against myself, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, you give me awareness. Every temptation that draws me away from your peace and your protection, Holy Spirit, you quicken my heart 
when to stand strong, and even when to run. In the name of Jesus, I release you to the care of the Holy Spirit and into the Word of God. And Lord, I declare over your people times of refreshing in their devotion, times of, of, of insight in their devotion, in reading the Word of God, seeing Jesus, who He is, and who He is in them. May the love of your heavenly Father and the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, friendship with the church, go with you now and forevermore. Amen. Love you, church. Live for God this week. <laughs>